0: Welcome to the Standardized Patient Podcast. I am your host and person who sunburns very easily, Katie Culligan. In this podcast, we dive into the who, what why, and huh, of this quirky industry that no one has ever heard of. What's a standardized patient, you may ask? Well, a standardized patient is a...
1: The standardized patient is the PSAT of the world. You get to take it as many times as you want. You practice. No one records your score. You just get better and better and better. And then by the time you take the SAT or, you know, see a real patient, like you've got all those practice exams under your belt.
2: A standardized patient is someone who plays a vital role in the experiential learning process to help prepare those going into a healthcare-related field. So we have two guests here today, and I'm
0: going to talk a little bit about them first. So the first voice that you heard is Carrie McGee. Carrie McGee is a theater artist in Washington, D.C., and the artistic director at We Happy Few, an ensemble-based classical theater company. Carrie has directed numerous productions for We Happy Few, including Elizabeth Inchbald's neglected masterpiece, Lover's Vows, and a rousing production of Treasure Island that performed across D.C. in backyards, bars, and art galleries. Additionally, Carrie has given Catherine Louisa Perkis, forgotten female detective, Love Day Brooke, a new theatrical life with a series of original audio play adaptations. Some of Carrie's most memorable stage performances include Charlie Chaplin in Visions of Love with Pointless Theater and Edgar Allan Poe in A Midnight Dreary with We Happy Few. Carrie received her MFA in Theater Pedagogy from VCU and has put her pedagogy degree to good use as a standardized patient trainer and instructor and physical examination teaching associate for both George Washington University and Georgetown University. Her work with the medical students includes teaching specialized interview, and general physical exam skills. Welcome, Carrie. Thank you. <laughs> what a pleasure. Now, our second guest is actually a returning guest, Jenna Rossman. Now, Jenna can be heard in our very first first episode of the Standardized Patients podcast. So if you want to hear more of Jenna after this, you can go back and listen to episode one. It's pretty awesome. We're happy to have her back. But she is also so excited to be back on the podcast, in her words. Jenna is an actor currently based in Washington, D.C. Most recently, she was on set filming an indie drama called Small Animals, written and directed by Gary Parker, and recently starred in an MFA student short film Betty's Bubbles. In addition to her on-camera work, Jenna has worked in a variety of theaters, including the Kennedy Center, Eugene O'Neill Theater Center, Baltimore Center Stage, Rep Stage, Rorschach Theater etc. Jenna still can't believe she found her dream day job working as a standardized patient and physical exam teaching associate at multiple medical schools throughout the DMV. A big thanks to all to Katie and Catherine for creating an incredible podcast that uplifts this important work. Oh, that's sweet. (laughs) Thanks, Jenna. Welcome.
2: Thank you so much for having me back. I'm so excited.
0: Happy to have you. So we got one return guest and one brand new guest. Thank you all both so much for being here. Now, today's a really exciting podcast episode that I have been very excited to make happen because we are doing an SP workshop. This is really, really exciting because we have one student, Jenna is going to be our med student today, and we have one SP Carrie is going to be our standardized patient today. And I, Katie, will be the moderator. And what we're going to do is go through a normal SP encounter. And when I say normal, that's kind of a vague statement. It's a typical average, quote unquote, run of the mill encounter that we can time out and talk about the nuts and bolts of standardized patient encounter structures. That's kind of where we're starting with today. We're breaking down an SP encounter. Now, as I mentioned before, Jenna will be our med student and she will be introducing herself when she walks into the room. And Carrie will be our SP, standardized patient, portraying the case. We will be doing timeouts that I will talk about a little bit and then we will jump right back into the encounter before we finish up and have some discussion on that. So that is how everything is going to run. So the doorway information that our student, Jenna, gets when she is outside of the door before the encounter says C. Smithson, that's the name, 40-year-old female, complains of stomach ache and fatigue. All right. So that is what the student sees. So we're all aware of it. Now, Jenna, whenever you are ready as the med student, you can knock on the door and enter and begin your encounter.
2: Hello, may I come in? Yeah. Great. Hi, how are you? I'm good. Wonderful. My name is Jenna Rossman and I use she, her pronouns. And I'm a medical student here at the university working with Dr. Reynolds. Before we get started, I'd like to know, how would you like to be addressed? And what are your pronouns?
1: Uh, Christine Smithson is my name. You can call me Christine. She, her are my pronouns. Thank you so much. And would you
2: mind reconfirming your date of birth for me?
1: 0626, 1983 Wonderful.
2: And is it okay if I take some notes during our visit today? Yeah, that's fine. So before Dr. Reynolds comes in, he asked me if I could take your history and gather some additional details about what brought you into the clinic today. And hopefully we can figure out what's going on. Sound like a plan? Sure. Wonderful. So I read a little bit on the door note about what brought you in, but can you tell me in your own words, what brings you into clinic today?
1: Yeah, I've been feeling this dull ache in my stomach. Also, I'm exhausted. Gosh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Can you tell me more? I mean, I honestly, I have no idea what's going on. Our first
0: time out, we're going to talk a little bit about what just happened, which was the introduction and the chief complaint and the follow-up. As you could listen here, Jenna came in, introduced herself, got the patient's name, date of birth, confirmed it was the correct patient, and then mentioned that she had some information, but also then asked our patient what She came in for in her own words. Then, so that is the chief complaint. The second portion of it was, can you tell me a little bit more about that? Then follow-up statements. Asking a little bit more sometimes can be helpful for the patient to be able to talk a little bit more and give more information before we jump into close-ended questions. So those are typically open-ended questions that students use for follow-up statements.
2: Okay, Christine, you have a dull ache and you are fatigued. Does that sound about right?
1: Yeah, I just feel like I've been exhausted all the time. Oh, gosh. Okay,
2: well, let's figure out what's going on. So I'm going to ask you a few questions. Let's start with the dull ache. You mentioned this was in your stomach? Yeah. Okay, when did that begin?
1: I mean, I feel like it's been going on for a couple weeks. Okay, wow, that's
2: a long time. I'm sorry you're having to deal with that. That must be uncomfortable.
1: Yeah, it has
2: been. Can you point with one finger, where in your stomach is the dull
1: ache happening? (laughs) I wish that I could. I don't know. I just kind of feel like it's sort of all over.
2: Oh, that's okay. All over. So does this dull ache, does it come and go? Is it constant?
1: No, I feel like it's always there.
2: All righty. And you already told me it feels like an ache. Would you describe it as feeling like anything
1: else? Like, does it ever become sharp? Or throbbing? No, it just kind of stays in this sort of low, dull world, you know?
2: Okay, I hear you. Would you mind telling me a little bit about does the pain travel anywhere? Do you feel it like shooting up to your shoulder blade, for instance? No, it stays in my stomach. Okay. Has it been constant all the time, every day for the last two weeks, even while you're sleeping, things like that? Does it ever go away?
1: I mean, I guess I don't know if I'm feeling it when I sleep, but it's not like keeping me up. You know what I mean? Right. Yes, I do. All right. And if
2: you could put it on a scale, let's say from zero to 10, like, or one to 10, because you are having pain, one being very, very minimal pain, like you barely even notice it, and 10 feeling like the most intense pain you've ever felt in your entire life.
1: I don't know. I guess it's on the lower end, like a three, maybe. Three out of 10. Okay.
2: And does it ever change from a three out of 10 or does it kind of stay at that constant three?
1: No, constant
2: three. Got it. And last question before we move on to talking about your feeling of fatigue. Is there anything that makes this
1: pain better or worse? Not that I've noticed. I haven't really tried anything for it though, because I don't, (laughs) I don't really know what you take to make a you know, an ache in your stomach feel better. Sure. Have there been any like positions
2: you're curled up? Does it feel a little bit better? Anything like that? No? No. Oh, I'm so sorry. And you haven't found anything that makes it worse? Any particular foods or positions or anything like that? No. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much for providing all of that information. If it's okay, I'm just going to summarize what you told me just to make sure that we're all on the same page. Okay. Um, if that's okay. Wonderful. Alrighty. So this dull ache in your stomach, the onset started about two weeks ago. It's been constant. You can't really point to one particular location in which it's occurring. You told me that it feels achy. It doesn't really change from that dull, low ache. And nothing seems to make it better or worse. It just stays in your stomach region. And you mentioned that it is about a three out of 10. Does all that sound correct? hmm Okay, great. Is it okay if we move on to the fatigue? Yeah.
0: So, quick time out because before Jenna moves on to talking about the fatigue, I want to mention here that Jenna basically started with one of the ailments and finding out all the information that she could about that. So, the dull ache in the patient's abdomen. And so, a lot of the questions that she asked were focused on the ache and not about the fatigue. And I think it's just really important to note before she moves on to asking quality of fatigue, et cetera, questions similar, but will be different due to the fact that it is not an ache. It is a fatigue exhaustion that Carrie,
2: our patient, is feeling. Let's move on to your other symptom that you mentioned. I'm saying fatigue, but would you describe it in any other way? I just want to make sure that I'm accurately writing down I mean, what you're telling me.
1: I guess that's, yeah, sure. You
2: mentioned you're just feeling exhausted, tired. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. And has this been going on around the same time frame, like for the last two weeks, or is it different? I think so. It's kind of hard to say, you know. Is this affecting your daily life? Do you feel like it's hard to get out of bed in the morning, you can't go to work, things like that? I mean, it's not
1: that bad. You know, it's more just Mm -hmm. that I feel run down all day. Like I find myself yawning all the time. Like if I could just Mm -hmm. take like a nap in the middle of the day, every day, like it doesn't even matter if I get a good night's sleep or not. Like I feel like that's Mm -hmm. all I need. I don't know. I just, yeah, I don't have any energy. Oh gosh.
2: I'm so sorry to hear that. It sounds like, and before this you, you felt like you had a lot of energy. Is that what I'm hearing? Before we move on, I just have one other question. Have you found that anything makes the fatigue specifically better or worse?
1: No, because, like, even if I get a good night's sleep, right? Mm. Like, it's yeah. I'm still exhausted.
2: All right, well, let's continue to move on and gather some additional information. So timing out here to
0: touch base on what Jenna did with the fatigue. So she followed up a little bit more about what we call the history of present illness. So what has the patient come in for today? Not their past medical history, but what are they showing? What brought them to the doctor? So that dull ache and then also the fatigue Jenna, as a med student, was able to address both of them separately. As you may have noticed, after the very first portion of it, she did summarize a lot of the information, and they'd made some transition statements to move on to the fatigue. Now, as she has made a transition statement to move on to the next portion of the encounter.
2: Great. All righty. So we're going to be moving on to talking about your past medical history. But before I do that, I did want to ask, do you have any other symptoms that are occurring? that we may not have talked about? No, I don't think so. All righty. For past medical history, my first question is, do you have any chronic conditions that you might be seeing a doctor for? Like
1: high blood pressure, diabetes, things like that? Not really. I mean, I've been told that I'm anemic in the past, but I'm not really seeing anyone about that.
2: Who told you that you were anemic or how did you find out that you were anemic?
1: I guess it came back like on a lab, you know, that was done Mm -hmm. just like a regular checkup.
2: Sure, sure. No, that's really helpful information. been told that you're anemic. Any past hospitalization?
1: Um, Yeah, when I was 19, I was in the hospital. Uh, I had my appendix out.
2: And has that been your only surgery throughout your lifetime? Yeah. Are you taking any medications on a regular basis?
1: Mm -hmm. I take Junelle.
2: Junel. okay. And just to reconfirm that uh, birth control, yes? Yeah. Okay, great. Wonderful. And is that something that you take every day? Yes. And have you had any strange side effects that have occurred with Janelle since you've been on it? I don't think so. Okay. And last question, how long have you been on Janelle?
1: Oh gosh, forever. <laughs> I don't even okay. know. Forever.
2: I'll capture that. No worries. <laughs> Are you taking any over-the-counter medications like Tylenol, Advil, things like that?
1: I take Advil like for headaches.
2: Okay. And any herbal supplements or vitamins? No. Okay. Also, do you have any allergies? Allergies to food, environment, medication, things like
1: that? Yeah, I'm allergic to bananas.
2: Oh, gosh. I'm sorry to hear that. I usually have a banana every day before work, so.
1: <laughs> Not for uh, me.
2: Oh, I'm so sorry. Do you know what happens when you eat bananas?
1: Yeah, I get a rash.
2: Well, thankfully, we don't prescribe bananas for any sort That's of good. dull stomachache. <laughs> allergies we've covered. Oh, I did want to ask you, when was the last time that you saw maybe like your PCP for like a checkup? My PCP? Oh, sorry, your primary care provider, pardon me.
1: Oh, I try to go every year.
2: Okay. And what about your OBGYN for a well woman's visit?
1: Yeah, I do that every year for sure.
2: And just because you're coming in with some abdominal pain, some stomach pain, I do want to follow up on a few more sensitive questions, if that's okay, about your gynecological history.
1: Okay.
2: When was your last period?
1: Two weeks ago.
2: Two weeks ago. And do you have like typical periods like four to five days? They come every 28 to 38 days.
1: Yeah.
2: Have you ever had excessive bleeding or or clotting or anything like that? No. Last question related to your last OBGYN visit or any prior visits with them. Have you been, ever been tested for STIs in the past?
1: I mean, they test me at the OBGYN, you know. Okay. With some regularity, I think.
2: And have you ever had a positive test or anything like that? I should have prefaced this before. I apologize. Everything remains confidential between you and I in this space. So any STI history in the past? No. Okay. All right. Thank you so much for sharing that. I know these can be sensitive topics.
0: So we're taking a time out here to talk about what Jenna just did as the student, asking about past medical history. And then she transitioned from past medical history, kind of continued, but into sexual history, which is part of the past medical history. Um, and she even remembered towards the end to also say that this is confidential, uh, and address that, which can be really, really helpful and important for patients to understand because sometimes they will not answer if they do not realize that it's all confidential. So, that was when she was asking about surgery, chronic conditions, everything like that. That is all their patients' past medical history.
2: So, let's continue on. So, thank you for sharing that, Christine. So, now we can move on to family medical history. So, does anyone in your family have any chronic medical conditions that I should be aware of, such as um, high Oh, go ahead. So sorry.
1: Oh, no, it's okay. Uh, I it was just I yes, <laughs> there are there are things that run in my family. Um okay. so, uh, my dad has high cholesterol. Um and my mom has high blood pressure. Besides for that, they're both, you know, doing well. They're in Paris, so I guess that's well. <laughs> it oh, must be wow. nice. Wow. Oh, they gosh. retired. Like, like- yeah. They retired and moved there. I'm very jealous. I can't wait to visit. <laughs> um, oh
2: my goodness. Well, wow. yeah. have you ever gotten to visit them yet?
1: I no, they've only recently moved, but I'm hoping to go over next year. It'd be cool. I gotta save up, save up the cash. Oh. <laughs> yeah. um, Um, And then I I also have a a younger sister who has asthma. Sorry, I got distracted.
2: No worries. I love hearing about Paris. Thank you for telling me about your younger sister as well. So your mom has high blood pressure. Dad has high cholesterol. Younger sister has asthma. May I ask, do you have any children? No. Okay, no children. Okay, great. I think that is all I wanted to ask for family medical history. So quick time out here just to touch
0: base on family medical history is a very important thing that can often give med students helpful information regarding what the patient is in for. So by Jenna finding out about the parents and the sister and following up and checking if she had children, see if there's any genetic family history that may be relevant to the case or may not be, but could still be helpful in the future is why she asked about that.
2: Okay, so now we are going to move on to some questions about your social history. Some of these questions might feel a little bit sensitive, but I just want to reiterate that everything that we talk about today is confidential between you and I and Dr. Reynolds, your provider. Would you mind if I asked you a few social history questions? Sure.
1: Yeah, ask me whatever. Wonderful.
2: First and foremost, I want to know a little bit more about you since this is the first time we're meeting today. Can you tell me what is your occupation? What do you do?
1: I'm a dental hygienist.
2: Oh, wonderful. I love my dental hygienist. I've been seeing oh, them for a
1: long time. That's nice to hear. I feel like dentists get a bad rap. So,
2: <laughs> Oh, Excellent. no. No. Good teeth equals good health for sure. <laughs> we appreciate you. Wonderful. So, a dental hygienist, how long have you been at your job for?
1: I've been here about 8 years. 8 years.
2: Okay. And any like a recent stressors with that job or anything at all that has changed or anything like that? No, not really. Okay. Okay. And you enjoy your job? Yeah. Wonderful. Can you tell me a little bit about your living situation? Like, who do you live with? Yeah. Oh, uh, just me
1: and my dog. Just us. Mm
2: -hmm. I have a dog too. What's your dog's name and what is their breed?
1: (laughs) Uh, Bruno, and he's a black lab.
2: Oh, so sweet few other additional questions you mentioned in the beginning of our conversation about sleep that this hasn't been waking you up would you say that you're sleeping more sleeping less how's your sleep been it's
1: been the usual
2: all right and usual to you means how many hours a night oh gosh Uh,
1: seven seven and a half
2: oh that's that's great seven seven and a half wonderful I could definitely use some more sleep so I I admire you (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like, well, I'm just assuming because you haven't been to Paris to visit your uh, family yet, but uh, any recent travel? No. Okay. And I should have asked this in your past medical history, but do you feel that you're all up to date on your immunizations? Yeah. Wonderful. Okay. And here are some more sensitive questions that I mentioned earlier. So I would like to ask you, do you smoke or have you ever smoked? No. No. Okay. Uh, Do you drink any alcohol? Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Um, what is your drink of choice? How many times a week would you say you would have a drink?
1: I mean, I'll drink anything, but not okay. that often, I guess. Uh just a couple times a week. I'm I'm just kind of like a social drinker.
2: Okay. Sure. A couple times a week. And um, do you use any other illicit substances or cannabis or marijuana? Oh yeah, no,
1: I'll smoke pot like okay once a year maybe. Oh gosh, if that yeah, like I guess just a little bit.
2: Okay. Thank you so much for sharing that. I appreciate it. And um, we talked a little bit about this with your OBGYN history and why I'm asking these questions because you're coming in with some abdominal pain. Are you currently sexually active? Not really. Okay. Alrighty. Have you ever been in the past?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm just in a bit of a dry spell right now.
2: Okay. Okay. Thank you for sharing. All right. So uh, moving right along, how would you say your diet is?
1: I mean. Pretty healthy. I mean, I think especially lately I've been really into smoothies. So you know, trying okay. to stay fit.
2: Great, great. So would you say you're having smoothies like every day for every meal, or no. do you kind of like switch it up? Okay, great. Yeah, wonderful. No, I've I've just seen some of those commercials that they have like smoothies as uh, like you can have smoothies all day. And I was like, wow, oh, I like, feel like the just-
1: fast. No, I I just like sometimes yeah. we'll like you know get a smoothie at Whole Foods or something. <laughs>
2: <laughs> got it. Got it. Okay. So smoothies are just like in the number one slot right now.
1: Yeah, that's it. Wonderful. That's a good way to put okay, it. Okay.
2: Okay. I understand. How would you say your exercise routine is? Or do you like to exercise?
1: I mean, I'm a walker. I walk every day. I go
2: for walks, you know. I guess my last question is, uh, do you feel supported at home? Um, and then, sorry, you live with your dog, so. Sorry he's very supportive. You. He's
1: very supportive. But yes. I, I'm guessing maybe you don't mean that. My, my family. Asked.
2: No, my family's very supportive. Okay. Yes. I, I prefaced it with that or I uh I mentioned at home, but I should have just left it open ended for you. <laughs> do you feel supported in your life? Do you have a good support system? That's how I should I have do. it. I do, yeah. Okay, wonderful. And do you feel safe at home, at work?
1: Oh yeah, yeah.
0: So quick timeout here to talk about social history. Once again, Jenna, as the student, mentioned that a lot of this information was confidential. She used transitional statements to move into this, talking about carry our patients' work and support network safety, exercise, diet, et cetera, in her her relationship, sexual history in terms of current partners, et cetera. So that's something that can also really influence potentially what the patient is in today and what maybe lifestyle habits are affecting this patient to make them have this particular ailment. It may or may not be relevant, but it's always helpful to get that information.
2: Thank you so much for sharing that with me. Uh, before we get started on talking about next steps, I'd like to just ask you a series of questions called a review of systems, basically just to make sure that we're not missing anything. And we'll just kind of go from head to toe. Any any headaches? No. Any uh, blurry vision or no. or no? Any like cold like symptoms like congestion things like no. that? Okay. Any like neck pain? No. Any numbness or tingling in like no. your arms or even your legs? No. Okay. Any chest pain?
1: No.
2: Okay. All right. So no chest pain. That's good. Any feeling like your heart is racing or palpitations, things like that? No. Okay. And you mentioned that you have abdominal pains. Any feelings like you have any trouble going to the bathroom, like any issues with your bowel movement? No. Any issues peeing? No. Okay. And any like blood in the urine or blood in the stool? Or poop?
1: Mm-hmm. No.
2: Okay. All right. That's good. And so I guess also I want to ask, oh, have you noticed any current rashes on your body right now? No. Okay. All right. And in your lower extremities, have you noticed like any muscle weakness or anything associated with that fatigue? No. Okay. And you feel like you're walking okay? Um, things like yeah. that. Okay. Another question. Um, do you feel like short of breath or it feels like it, it's hard to catch your breath at any time? No. Okay. All righty. So I think those are all of the questions that I wanted to ask. Uh, Thank you again for sharing. Uh, Do you have any questions for me at this time?
0: Quick time out just to talk about the review of systems that Jenna just asked. So she was covering all of her bases as the med student, making sure if there was anything left to pick up from her patient, she was going to be asking it. So that's a great way to make sure you haven't missed anything as the med student. And that's
2: what she was doing there. So before we get talking about next steps, do you have any questions for me right now?
1: Yeah, I do. I Should should we do an ultrasound on my stomach? Sorry, I'm kind of embarrassed to ask. Oh, no, don't be embarrassed. That's that's a really great question. Let's
2: wait until we speak with Dr. Reynolds just to make sure that we're not missing anything um, and that we're ordering the right tests for you. Again, that's a really great question. And we'll definitely talk about that with Dr. Reynolds. I'll make sure to bring that up and put it in my notes. How does that Thanks.
1: sound? Good. Yeah, yeah. sorry. I don't want to jump to conclusions, but you know, oh. I was worried.
2: <laughs> oh, no, it's, you know, and it's, it's good to be safe. You know, we want to rule out all the scary stuff first. And it sounds like, you know, you're here, you're speaking to me, you're not, you're not having a chest pain or shortness of breath. So that uh, reassures me that you're stable and your vitals look good when you came into the clinic today. I hope we can figure out what's going on together. And I'm sure we will get to the bottom of this. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Of course. And before I get going, first of all, checking in, any other questions other than the ultrasound? No,
0: that was it. Quick time out here, just to talk about a challenge question that is sometimes thrown into a case on purpose. Carrie, as our patient, was given a question to ask if the med student asked her a question, and that was, should we do an ultrasound on my stomach? And that is a challenge question for the student to have to address Jenna did a very nice job of then answering that question to the best of her ability and addressing it, validating, but then also asking if she had any other questions before moving on in case Carrie, as the patient, did have other questions.
2: I think I have all the information that I need at this time, and I'll definitely relay all of this information back to Dr. Reynolds, including your question about the ultrasound. Uh, Would you mind just sticking around for a little bit? The doctor might want to perform a physical exam and run a few additional tests to see if we can figure this out together. How does that sound? That's fine. Do you need a note for your work or a doctor's note to say that you were here today? Uh, No,
1: I I told them I was coming to the doctor.
2: Okay, great. Yeah, sometimes folks need a note just so that they can, you know, get paid, all that good stuff. Sure, got it, got (laughs) it. An excused absence, yeah. Any additional questions before I head out and get Dr. Reynolds? No. Okay, wonderful. Well, it was so nice meeting you today, Christine. Um, I hope we can figure this out together and get you feeling better soon, okay? Thank you. All right, thank you. That
0: was essentially... Jenna, as a med student, wrapping up the encounter before leaving the room and checking in to make sure the patient didn't have any questions, concerns, comments, etc., before exiting and giving her next steps of what the patient should expect. So, I just want to first of all applaud you both. You can take a big old breath here on doing a job well done for an SP encounter for a med student and for our standardized patient. So, Jenna gave a great example of what a very thorough, detailed. Empathetic med student might look like who's kind of tackling all of the things, checking all of the boxes, making sure that she was trying to cover everything. And Carrie did an excellent example of a case with us, but the case that I wrote, just on a whim, <laughs> it, it is not a case that exists until now, technically. And Carrie had a lot of that information that she was saying, but also there was a lot of information that Jenna asked her as a med student was not written in the case that Carrie had to improvise and come up with on the fly. So Carrie, let's talk just a little bit about what you're doing as the SP in this particular encounter. As I mentioned, this was a pretty thorough encounter without the physical. This was all history-taking, but it was a very thorough history-taking encounter. So the question is, Where are you pulling your answers from? You know, obviously some of this was in the case. And for those listeners who are like, what's the case? You can check out our episode. It is about cases with Jennifer Brown. So check that out if you want to dive a little bit deeper into the case. But Carrie, I want to get your perspective on on where you were pulling a lot of that information. And just to add on to that question of when you
1: improvised versus when you were providing a case answer. I think it's important to know that the cases that we're given are generally just an outline, right? It's a it's a sketch of the medical history of this patient. Now we can't predict what the student doctors are going to ask because they are not given the same script as us, right? That would be really easy if they were. So it's pretty common to have a lot of questions that aren't on our cheat sheet, that aren't on our outline. Usually what we like to do is To improvise within reason is how I'm going to put it. To give answers that aren't going to send a medical student down on a wild goose chase. So things that seem reasonable, things that seem uneventful, things that seem like they have nothing to do with the symptoms that you're presenting with. So, for example, in this one, the quality of pain was something that was given in the script, right? I was told that I had a, a dull ache, but Jenna asked me, if the pain radiated anywhere. And I said, no, because I didn't want to open up a can of worms of pain that is shooting up my back and shooting to my eyeballs and creating all kinds of extra health problems that could be making their diagnostics run in all kinds of weird directions. Uh, She asked me the severity of the pain. She had me put it on a one in scale and that was not something that was in my outline either. So I chose three. I chose a number that was low, that was manageable because I and if I'd said nine, right, that changes the entire tenor of the of the chief complaint that I'm coming in with. Then all of a sudden I have excruciating stomach pain. So trying to find those answers that are helping flesh out the story that you're telling and the character that you're playing and the in the symptoms that you're occupying without setting alarms off. Yes. Thank you.
0: What a wonderful explanation of that. And so very true. I think a lot of SPs would be nodding their heads right now listening to you, which leads me to my next question, because towards the end, we got on the smoothie topic. And now I wrote (laughs) in the case that you were really into smoothies because sometimes I take from my own life (laughs) uh, (laughs) when I do these things. So Jenna, as the very perceptive potential student checking on something, kind of honed in on that and said, huh, well, what, tell me more, how often are you having these smoothies? Now, when I wrote this as the case writer, if you will, I was not thinking that would be a path that a student would go down. I was just thinking, "Ah, yeah, she likes smoothies. But this is a great example of how a student might take something and say, and, and this is not something that Carrie made up, you know, that... And say, oh, we're gonna go down this path. And it's a little bit of a detour, but to that student in that moment, maybe there's a history of that, or maybe she was just talking to someone about, you know, certain shakes type things. So there's always some sort of relevancy to what students are asking. However, you were able to kind of neutralize that answer after that. So I wanna I want you both to talk a little bit on that if you have thoughts.
1: I think that's one of the things they teach us, too, is neutralizing answers. I love the way that you phrased that, Katie, because the medical student is trying to solve a problem, right? They're trying to there's a puzzle in front of them that is the set of symptoms and anything can be a clue. And they're taught to leave no stone unturned. Right. That's that's a good diagnostic skill. So anything that feels very specific that I'm mentioning, it is not uncommon for students to to really hone in on it and want to get all the info. And now when we're given these outlines, there's often these little details in the outlines that are a little fun, a little personable to help like make this not just a a black and white you know, boring caricature, but to make it feel a little bit more alive. Like, in this case, had the smoothies, had the, the parents that are living in Paris, etc. These little things that makes this person more three-dimensional. But it can happen that a medical student will really want to dig into those. So we're kind of taught to kind of push them in the other direction, right? To Oh, no, not just occasionally smoothies. Oh, yeah, no, not not all the time. <laughs> Downplay any of these little nuggets that we've dropped in. Thank you. And Jenna, I'm,
0: I want to get your opinion on that, too. Like as the student in the scenario, what made you go down that route? Was that on purpose? Was that just something that It struck you and you wanted to go down
2: there. Well, I was curious because whenever I hear, and again, I am not a trained medical student, so this is just talking from personal experience um, when I hear abdominal pain or um, some sort of gastrointestinal something going on I want to know about diet I want to know how frequent this person is having a smoothie and then I got concerned oh no this person's allergic to bananas Were there bananas in the smoothie but then bananas in the the smoothie I was like wait a second and and then yeah and I again like but I kept getting answers saying oh I don't I don't It sounds like there hasn't been some sort of allergic reaction. I feel like a patient would tell me they had some sort of reaction. It would be an acute onset of something else. So based on those responses, I was trying to come to a conclusion like, okay, so this, and I tried to back off a little bit. The smoothies weren't the culprit of the pain or the fatigue. But it is, it's something that I thought about just based on personal experience. That would be my cool. thought process on that. Yes. Yeah. Very,
1: very smart. Jenna, that is hilarious because I said that I was buying my smoothies from somewhere instead of making <gasps> them myself just in case the banana thing was a,
0: and was a factor. In like fact, that was in my, uh, when I was writing, that was my little, uh, <laughs> the bananas are in the smoothies. Uh, well, no, of course, st- again, I am not a trained professional uh, doctor, med student. So it, this is just me having fun with. That's that's the mystery there. Well,
1: and that's such uh, a yeah. great that's such a great thing, too, Katie, because we're we're not like the SPs aren't trained medical students. Right. So we don't know what answer could set off a, you know, a chain reaction of like, well, this could mean this could mean this could be this, which is why the neutral answers are so important to us. And sometimes we know what is wrong with us and sometimes we don't. <laughs>
0: Mm -hmm. Right. And sometimes we never do like we never find out what Mm -hmm. it was, uh, which is so very true. So, yes. Now, Jenna, I have a question for you, not about smoothies this time. Say this was a timed encounter because most and now technically this is time, but like really timed. There's a clock. ticking. Let's say you Mm -hmm. have 10, 15 minutes. You were such a good student. You had all these questions to ask. I just want to know from your SP opinion, what would you of them as the med student have skipped in terms of all this history taking? What would have been the first Mm. chunks or bits? And we don't have to go super detailed, but in a nutshell. Sure.
2: Yeah, no, I, I had a lot of time. And I'm sure if there are any medical students out there listening to this that They're probably thinking, we do not have this much time. This is a magical universe that this encounter is taking place in. So I just wanted to preface that, that I was taking my sweet time asking every single little question as if I had all the time in the world. So thank you for asking that. Question. Things that I would really hone in on, I think, I mean, past medical history and exploration of the chief complaint, what I use, the old CARTS acronym. So I used that. So I think that's essential when beginning a history taking with someone coming in with some sort of chief complaint as Carrie the patient presented. So I wanted to start there just to kind of hone in on what is going on right now for this patient and then back it on up into past medical history. So again, I think I would still keep the questions about past medical history. Maybe I would simplify some of those questions a little bit more. Maybe I wouldn't include as much chit chat about dogs and smoothies and families in Paris, even though I want to build rapport with my patient. But if I knew that time was of the essence, maybe I'd pull back a little bit on that. And social history, I think I'd, I'd simplify those lines of questioning as well, simplifying those questions, keeping them a little bit more concise. So I think I would have been a lot more concise with my especially uh, social history questions and the past medical history. But other than that, I think that would have put me maybe in a, a 20 minute time block, would you say? <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'd say absolutely. And you're so right about simplifying. Like you can still cover a lot of things. If you have more time, you can go more in depth. And if you have less time, you just, you know, cover the the main bases of those areas. So, yeah, thanks for sharing that. That's great. Carrie, I have one more question for you as the patient. Now, I noticed when Jenna was asking about allergies... She did stack her questions, and this is no judgment on Jenna, might I add. I just want to say, but I did note, she, Jenna (laughs) said, you know, I want to ask about allergies uh, to any environmental food, diet, or medication. So she did put it in there, but as we're taught often as standardized patients, depending on the school and the situation, we address those stacked questions differently, particularly when they're about allergies to medications versus environmental allergy. So I just want to get your perspective
1: on that for this particular scenario. Yeah. So that that is kind of a fun thing is each school has a different way that they like to handle multiple different questions, stacked questions being one of them. So often you have to remind yourself like, okay, I'm working here today. This is how we like to do it. Okay. Um, for this interview, I answered what I would realistically remember, right? The idea of like, oh, I do have an allergy the end like <laughs> um, often yeah, often sometimes they'll be students will be prompted to ask very specifically about allergies to medication in a separate question mm-hmm. because that's the one that that matters most in the particular moment. But since I had the the food allergy, I clung to that and conveniently forgot about any other things that she might have mentioned.
0: Thank you for explaining that. That's, yeah, absolutely. That makes complete sense. I would be curious to know, you both are very experienced standardized patients, among other things, and I would love to hear from you both on what is a piece of advice that you would give a new standardized patient or simulated patient if they were about to do an encounter similar in nature to this, you know, because all encounters can be quite different as we've covered in a lot of different episodes, but a general average, typical, like this type of an encounter.
2: So we'll start with Jenna. I would say, don't forget to breathe first and try not to overthink the question. I'm speaking from personal experience. I, I think when I say this, because sometimes in the moment, you know, if it's a long day or a more complicated case or any other number of situations. Just my best advice is to try not to overthink the question. Take a deep breath in, answer what is asked, and you'll be okay. And what about you, Carrie?
1: Yeah, answer what is asked, I think is one of my one of my big things because these cases are written very specifically for a reason to be educational experiences for the student. And we can get caught up in what would I tell a doctor? Like what, you know, if I was to go into the doctor's office with these symptoms, I would share this and this and this and this and this. But the cases aren't written that way, because if you're sharing everything up front, then students don't have the opportunity to learn how to ask the questions. So sometimes SPs can come in and, and feel like it feels unnatural in that sense. But there is as much as we want this to be a realistic encounter, there's a very real and palpable difference between a real encounter and a standardized patient encounter. And one is you're treating a real illness, a real person, and the other is an educational experience. And looking through it with that filter, I think, is is really helpful.
0: Now, Carrie, because you have not been on our podcast before, your first timer here, we would love to, if you had any story about your first standardized patient encounter that you remember and would like to share with us we would love to hear it
1: oh man i wish that i had a very exciting story about my first standardized patient encounter i do remember that the first case that i started out with was just exceptionally long it was a you know a regular 15 minute encounter time but it was pages and pages and pages and i remember being like oh my gosh i need to learn all of this and like really studying for it and you know they ask you like six questions off of it and you're like oh Okay, so it's a learning curve of how much you, how much you, you you know, you learn to pick out the information, but I didn't have that skill set yet. So, you know, I'm not scanning it looking for like chief complaint, family medical history, etc. I'm learning the entire like detailed backstory of my childhood of this character that I'm playing. It was intense and unnecessary. (laughs) <laughs>
0: yeah it sounds like you were given a lot of information and then you didn't need all that information but if you were if you'd been doing it for a long time at that point you probably would have known yeah but, but you didn't know
1: because right you right, right? Yeah. yeah I could have filtered yeah. through a little bit you get good at it right like you get very yes. good at being like even the, the script you sent me Katie I like broke up into my own categories and I was like okay there we go bam 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 I know exactly what I'm saying
0: Yeah. Yeah. absolutely. In many ways, it's like learning a script, a play or a film script. You know, it's the same idea of like we all have our different processes of doing it. And a lot of times, as we discussed on this podcast before, we get trained on it, too. So that's our rehearsal or we'll do a simulated encounter with other SPs before we put it on its feet with med students sometimes. So it really there are many ways to do it. But but yeah, you get better at it over time of learning, what do I need? And then also that whole improvising of the neutralizing answer when in doubt. I just want to say thank you so much to both Carrie and Jenna for being our guests today. You all really were amazing and I had no doubt that you would be, but you you just really brought it. So I want to talk about where everybody can find you all. So Carrie, we can find you on Instagram. Your handle is casio underscore dreams. And we'll put that all of this in the show notes. Also on Instagram at Literary Adventure Society, which is a new, exciting endeavor. And you can check out Carrie's websites, wehappyfewdc.com and the website literaryadventuresociety.com. For Jenna, You can find Jenna on Instagram for those of you that haven't found her already from our episode one, Generosity. And then her upcoming project is called The Boundary Colon, a life and death experience, (laughs) which is an immersive production with submersive productions. That's gonna happen this fall of this year. So keep an eye out for that. But I just wanted to say thank you both so much for your time and energy and skills to bring it for so many wonderful people of our listeners to listen to and hopefully learn things from and maybe relate to probably, I would say, for those that have been in that experience. So we appreciate you so much.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you both. And you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at the Standardized Patients Podcast. Thanks to Randy Sharp for the use of our theme song, Mr. Gorita. You can find their music at Artlist. Thank you, as always, to Catherine Bublack for the behind-the-scenes work, audio post-production, and our cover art. And that is our show. So we will see you next time as we encounter more standards of standardized patient work.